got to do a little bit of clarification. Before we move on, I got to do that. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcast is on the free Odyssey app. It don't cost nothing. When I was talking to Ron, I was talking about how hard the uh, the Vietnam vet was. And here's the thing about veterans and people who have served in the military. Like right now today, the, the, the young men that served in what is referred to as the sandbox, Afghanistan, Iraq, in the, in the, the longer global war on terror that's been going on, um, you guys fought with a bunch of rules of engagement that, that basically handcuffed you, and yet you still persevered. You adapted to a degree in a really bad environment. I don't know how many generations of ground warfare we went through there. I'm almost certain that if I were to try to look at the way you guys go on a patrol now compared to the way we did it in the 80s, I would see the wisdom. However, it's all based upon that environment, right? And you guys adapted to that. The Korean War veterans, they got into a war that uh, just, you know, it was uh, it was never going to be won because uh, it was in a really bad place. Vietnam veterans, they were not supported by, the, by America like the World War II guys were. Let's go to the phones real quick. Thomas in Gaffney, what can I do for you? Uh, yes, sir. I spent 20 years in the United States Air Force, half that time supporting the Army. Yes, sir. And... Um, Things I've seen about the military, because I have relatives that have gone in after me, some uh, nephews and all, they're having the same problem football, uh, high school football teams are getting. A lot of couch potatoes coming in. <laughs> but the worst thing was Obama went in and got rid of all the generals that were troop-minded and combat-minded and put in a lot of these uh, social warrior-type generals who have now been elevated up to making these well, they're not combat decisions, and, uh, you know, the American military is really struggling because basically what Obama did to the military, by the way, he just called out all the good officers. Right. Right. I mean, it, 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 this, the military has been turned into a social meat, social justice Petri dish, and uh, for the for the kids that serve, I mean— you know, I don't know how old you were, you are, but in the '80s when I joined, it was actually a viable career field to go into. I actually wanted to, well, my, I wanted to serve and give him my 20 years, and uh, things just well, didn't see, work out that way. My dad fought in Vietnam, right? And he lost some of his friends in Vietnam. Of course. I went in '74. I was at the very tail end. I was in uh, Desert Storm, and uh, it doesn't mean I saw combat. I was just south of the Iraqi border in Kuwait City, but. Uh, Biggest scare we had was they thought a scud was launched at us, and that was it. But uh, when it comes to what's going on in the military nowadays, this should have never been done. Uh, military only has one purpose that's to protect America. And when I talk about getting rid of the combat mind generals, uh, when I was in, some of the officers talked about some of the generals who were career minded, they knew which politicians, uh, derriers they needed to go to sure and then there were those generals who took care of the troops who wanted to go out and make sure that we beat the enemy and he brought as many of his guys back home in one piece those are the ones they got rid of right that's one right he got rid of the good ones who cared about troops and wanted to win wars and put in all these yahoos that 
we need, I hate to say call, but we need somebody to go through and call the military and get rid of all the social warriors and put some real generals back in there. Well, I mean, those guys aren't generals yet. They're right now, they're, they're you know, they're field grade commanders and brigades and battalions right. and everything else. And what they need to do is they need to go get rid of the general Millies and all of his staff and all of their staffs and get rid of those guys and bring up some of these light colonels and full birds and promote them and put them in the position and let them do it. And I don't know who's going to do that. And I, like you, look at it and I say, this is such a squander of, of, of what a lot of people built, you know? Well, I like your show. Usually I'm driving while I listen to you, so I don't call, but I made sure I'm pulled over and parked in a parking lot so I can talk to you. <laughs> you have a good day, sir. Well, listen, thank you. Come, and, come, come to, uh, come to uh, Upstate Warrior Solutions next Wednesday. Have a lunch. Uh, we'll see about doing that. Yeah. Thank you. 770 Pelham Road. I'll be there. I'll be the pretty bald guy. <laughs> Have a good day, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, veterans uh, veterans alike, when I get out there, there's no one group of veterans that is harder than the other group. Let me, let me make that very plain. The ones that didn't see combat are as hard as the ones who did see combat because the ones who didn't were there and would have gone into it had they been sent. And that means something. Being there and saying, I'm here and I'm going to, I got this. Everybody who ever served, for those of you who have never served, you every night you go to bed at night, you go to bed and you, you think to yourself, oh, tomorrow I'm doing this and tomorrow I'm doing that. And that's because somebody like me, somebody like those veterans I talked to yesterday, somebody like these veterans that have called in today, Somebody like us stood on a line with you behind us. And nobody dared try to breach that line. Because that would have been that would have been occupationally hazardous for them. And we did that sometimes involuntarily, but we did it. And uh that that kind of brotherhood sisterhood you know i mean i've served with i served with a girl named lieutenant christina glover she made captain while i was there west point graduate i think she was about five one hard as a rock she was combat ready i would have run up and down a range with her with real live ammunition coming at us any day of the week with confidence she was my captain I was like, well, my, my company commander was Captain Beasting, but uh, Captain Glover, uh, she was she was she was tight. She was oh gosh, she was so squared away. Um, you know, you, you serve with these people, and these people make a impression in your life. See, I'm one of the lucky ones because I didn't leave any of my friends behind in any any places. Some of these guys have to live with that too. And they do. They do. They come back and, you know, uh, when they come back to the world, America is referred to as the world. Right? When you're overseas, you refer to when I'm going back to the world. Because after you go overseas, no matter where you go, I mean, I was in West Germany, which was great. I mean, it was stupendous. I mean, what a beautiful area that was, historic, and everything was 
as modern as it could be in 1984, you'd see a 700-year-old building on the outside and inside it's as modern as it could be. It was quite the, the mesh of things. And uh, it was great, but it wasn't America. And for those of us who sat back and took that oath when we came back, well, no matter why we took the oath, some guys that I, some guys I served with, <laughs> they had been before a judge, and the judge said, "Well, you can join the military or you can go to jail." But who, you know, it doesn't matter who it was because when they when they put on the uniform, we were all the same. There were no black guys and Asian guys and Hispanic guys. We were all the same. We had one focus. And it, it's very hard to, you know, unless you've actually served in a job like that where you live with people and train with people and eat with people and do all these things. And, I mean, you're just constantly in each other's grill. Um, I, I don't really know how to tell you what it's like. That's something you have to experience. So uh, if, if it sounded like I was getting out there and saying one group of veterans was uh, any better than any group of veterans, anybody that served in the military, we are the elite of society. Because we defended society. We defended the American society, the American idea, the Constitution, you. And we did it gladly, and I would do it again. I would do it again. And if, it, if we're called on here in the United States, we'll do it again. America is better for, due to the military veterans, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think there's about 25 million of them walking around today. That's a big, sizable chunk, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I promise. I promise. We're going to talk about Jamie Dimon. <laughs> this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Typing a text. Hang on. <laughs> All right. There we go. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I know there's people out there that, uh, that, that can type and talk at the same time. I'm not one of those. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, on the text line, Bill, the station promo, it looks just the way he sounds, is brilliant. I spit my coffee when I heard it. That's actually, that, I, that, I, that's not uh, my idea, by the way. My man Alonzo came up with that the first time I ever filled in. The first day I filled in. Yeah, got out there and said, everybody should look Bill up. He sounds like he looks. And I like that. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon. Well, back in April of this year, he suggested that the U.S. government and the climate-conscious corporations, and I really want to know how they're going to do it, may have to seize citizens' private property to enact climate initiatives while there's still time to stave off the climate disaster, which isn't coming. There's not going to be a climate disaster. Climate change is the same kind of word as transgender. It, it's, It's... It's not even a real concept. It's not even theoretical. 
But for some people like Jamie Dimon, who does, a, I, I guess he does a pretty good job for J.P. Morgan Chase as the CEO of that financial organization, he should really just stick in his lane, which is, you know, the fiduciary duty that he has of making sure that his shareholders make money instead of worrying about other people's private property. Back in April, he said he declared that governments, businesses, and non-governmental organizations may need to invoke eminent domain in order to get the adequate investments fast enough for grid, solar, wind, and pipeline initiatives. Why don't you just go plant some trees, dude? You want to save the earth? Go plant some trees. You don't have to do anything complicated. You don't have to do anything really ornate or, you know, really, you know, scientific. You just got to go plant some trees. Eminent domain is a legal term that describes the government using its power to expropriate, take, take private property for public use. So here's the problem with this, Jamie. All right. Well, let, I tell you what, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Steve in Piedmont. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. I'll just saying, you know, the Biden crime family, they can run and hide. And nobody will touch them. But but one day they will stand before God, and then the, the, that's the bottom line. See? Absolutely, that's the bottom line. Everybody pays for their sins. Everybody pays for their sins. The ones that don't believe, they pay for their sins, too. They pay twice. They pay eternally. But, <clears> you know, it's just that I, it just gets me. No, nobody will touch the Bidens. I promise you, nobody will touch them. It's just a waste of taxpayer money, but one day they one day they will pay up. I don't know. I, I think they might do something with Hunter. Hunter yeah, se Hunter seems to be on a hook right now. He looks like he's on a hook. They're trying to get him off the hook and everything, but he seems to be on a hook. I don't know how that's going to play out. I agree with you that because he's a leftist and everything, but I mean, um, that's certainly a goal to work on, though, isn't it? To where everybody has one level of justice to work with. That's that's a goal we should be working on. That, that would be a good goal. Yes, it would. Yeah. But I so, appreciate you too, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate the call. So here we got this guy, <laughs> Jamie Dimon, who wants to justify eminent domain in America to ease the climate crisis. Now, we already know, for example, in Scotland, that they eradicated 15 million trees to make wind farms. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. 15 million trees are gone over the course of years to make room for wind farms. This is not, and this isn't science. We're going to be talking about science here in a minute. Now, James Woods got on the app formerly known as Twitter, and he got out there and he said exactly what I was thinking. He got out there and said, uh, what did he say? He said, you better come in heavy, champ. Coming in heavy is a is a, uh, is a gangster term. I saw that on The Sopranos. That means when you come into the diner where all the gangster bosses hang out, you got guns. So you better come in heavy, champ. That's coming in heavy. This would, you know, I, I, I honestly believe these guys think they've gotten to this point now to where nobody's going to do anything to them. And that's a very dangerous thing for them. It's a dangerous thing for us. You know, I sit around on a daily basis and I carry a weapon and I promote the carrying of weapons and I don't want to use the weapon. The weapon is a equalizer that I have as a last resort. 
And there will be a price to pay if I have to use the weapon in more ways than one. But when you got a guy like Jamie Dimon out there and he's making this, it, okay, so I, I see where government might do it. But who, who are you talking about we? When you're talking about we should do eminent domain. Um, you got a mouse in your pocket or what? Um, when he thinks they're going to roll in and just take. No. No. You're not going to roll in and take anything. Now, he does mean for the government to do it. But what they're thinking right now, this is the thing. Nobody's volunteering enough. They, they said, we simply are not getting the adequate investments fast enough for grid, solar, wind, and pipeline initiatives. Now, what's he talking about pipelines for? We don't want no stinking fossil fuel. I thought that was their thing. But he, and pipelines don't take up that much area. And you know what? They can go right through a grove of trees without taking any of them down. <laughs> so maybe that was a slip of the tongue. Right now, I mean, all of these things that they're talking about, they take away jobs, they take away, they, they just impoverish the nation. The United Auto Workers Union. Ford lost $3 billion on their e, in their EV component. And they're, they're saying, well, it's a startup. We're going to show it as a startup, and then that way it doesn't show as an actual loss. But that's $3 billion. And they're trying to do a little bookkeeping trick to look better with it. And in the interim, this would cost about 117,000 auto jobs. So they knock you out of a job, and then they want to take your land, all in the name of progress. This is the green way. And the only problem with the green way is that it might become the camouflage way. I'm, I'm very, you know, I, I look at, I, I, I was talking about this last night at the American Legion. I'm like, what's the trigger? What, what makes us go kinetic? I don't know. And um, this would be one of those things. But the interesting thing is you got this guy who runs a bank. And he thinks that he can get into the business of taking over people's private property. One day, one day, that these guys that think words don't precipitate actions, one day they're going to wake up. And it's going to be a world they don't recognize. <laughs> they're not going to like it. They're not going to like the world that they are going to wake up to. And I, you know, this is, I, I wish they wouldn't do it. I wish they wouldn't do it. They're not going to be very happy with it. I'll, I'll put it that way. James Woods gets it right. If you're going to do that, you better come in heavy, Sparky, because what you're going to be greeted with, well, that's not going to be very much fun. It's you know, Nobody's going to enjoy that at all, especially you, Jamie. You, you don't look like the kind of guy that would want to get out there and sort of you know, do a little fire and maneuver here and there. I, I just, the guys that are in charge of these various businesses kill me because they think America is just a bunch of, we're, we're just a bunch of gerbils. We're just happy to run around in our, on our wheel and just go nowhere and just run fast as we can. That's what they think we are. We're not. That's, that's <laughs> we're not. 
there's, there's a lot of creative thinking out there available to bring to bear against any tyrant wannabe that wants to do things. And uh, I guess even if it was a bank head, well, you know, all right, let's put the crosshairs over there. Who's, who wants to play spades after this operation? Something happened with the count of the COVID deaths. Did you guys notice that? Did you catch that when it happened? You probably did, but I'm going to remind you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I would really like to know which person in government saw saw COVID and said, this is our moment and executed what they did with COVID. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Reply... Blah, let me try that again. Common Sense Retirement... Retirement... Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Right now, I'm all alone in there. And uh, the podcast is available along with Lock and Load and Gun Owners News Hour, all on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. I'd like to meet who, who masterminded the COVID thing. Here's the thing about the COVID thing, though. The COVID thing gave itself away. And the problem with this is not enough people saw it and said, oh, this was the COVID thing. Over at Powerline, they have a chart on this, so go check it out at Powerline. But anyway, um, during the COVID pandemic, you know, I, 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 saw, I saw this as sort of like a, you know, some comedic British guy going, call another COVID death for anybody that died with COVID. And so that meant if you were like a moving man and you had the, uh, you had the piano on the hoist and it, the rope broke and it landed on you and killed you and you had COVID, they'd be like, call another COVID death. Instead of a contributing factor, it was a cause of death. So we had 7 million people die due to COVID, which is a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Now, in America, we did have an uptick in deaths, but we normally hold the line right around 2.5 million deaths per year because one of the things about living is you die. And during COVID, they were like, nobody's dying. It was the most pro-life group of leftists I've ever seen in my life. They were blocking, you know, figuratively. They were saying they were blocking the, the cemeteries. So nobody was going to get to die, and you couldn't go out until we got to the, uh, you know, until we got to the thing where we could, uh, you know, till there's, till there's a cure. Except, you know, COVID's like the common cold, so there is no cure. There's no vaccines. Vaccines that are out there are not vaccines. Then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, <sighs> if you look at the chart on Powerline, the COVID deaths just drop. They just, just, people just stop dying of COVID. How could that be? COVID was, COVID was the black death, Ebola, whatever, you know, it, it was just, it was measles. It was everything. COVID just killed everybody. COVID could crawl up on your arm off of a table service and grab hold of it and just kill you. Yet people drive, and you still got it, still got it. You got, still, still got people so scared of what they say COVID was that they drive around in a car with the windows rolled up wearing a mask. 
But they entered phase four. See, they, they put a bunch of money together. First of all, one of the things that came out of COVID was all these blue cities that were about to uh, about to go under. They got bailed out. You bailed out California. You bailed out New York, right? We bailed out everybody. Now, of course, now they're oper- they, they they squandered that just as soon as they got it. So that's that's. But anyway, this was the one hundred seventy eight billion dollar provider relief fund. This money was doled out. It was quite the money spigot. But then in January 22, phase four rolled out and the distributions of money came to a close and people stopped dying of COVID. (laughs) Because it no longer was profitable to write down if somebody, you know, if somebody came in there, they do an extensive search on them and say, hey. This guy died of COVID. No, he didn't. He, he had his head blown off. He was in an unfortunate smelting accident. You know. No, no, he died of COVID. Put it on there. He died of COVID. Ka-ching. It's a regular mer- medical miracle. So I, I'm going to tell you this, and this is a very plain way to look at it, Okay. Viruses are going to do what a virus is going to do. There's no hiding from it. There's no getting out of it. Um, yes, uh, you know, there's certain things you can do to, to make things better, certain vitamins you can take, certain foods you can take. But like with a cold, when you get a cold, you're just going to have a cold till the cold is gone. And when we get to a certain point of our lives, if we haven't taken really good care of ourselves, and I'm one of them, despite every uh, as good as my health is now, I have done some damage. And I have the comorbidities in a lot of places. And, you know, I had COVID, and I'm surprised that it didn't kill me. Because it sure did hurt a lot. I mean, gosh, it hurt. But um, COVID has diminished, and we've gotten stronger, and now it's just a cold. But COVID was never about it being COVID. It was about it being a a, a way to see how you reacted to that. And they have been studying that. And why do you think since COVID, since COVID and in this this presidential administration, now we're listening, everybody who knows who Klaus Schwab is, everybody knows what Jamie Dimon is saying. And they are making the green thing happen now because they simply believe that we're going to sit here and think, oh my gosh, if we don't do it, Earth's going to be a big old ball of fire. Yeah, that's happening. They think that your fear strengthens them. They feed on it like a demon. So, please, as you head into this election season, right, Um, I think you should sit back and say to yourselves, you know, on the text line, Bill, two guys died of COVID in a meth lab explosion. I'm sure that is exactly how that was listed. You should look at what various factions in the United States and the world is wanting to do to you. And this should make you angry and you should vote accordingly. And you should hope that works that way, and but you should gird yourself for the event to where it doesn't. 
because they have power and they don't want to let it go. And they're not going to let it go without some sort of a fight. I just don't know how, how serious they are about the fighting part. But look at this and get mad, would you? As we get ready to go away, the UN globalists, they're, they're upset because they're not getting what they want. The goals are sliding back. <laughs> this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. There are some good signs out there. See, I talked about Jamie Dimon earlier because earlier in the year, he thought things had to be done. And, and it, we, we see the indicators of this now. And uh, first of all, I, there's a, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez. We should take the UN and ask them respectfully to relocate and maybe suggest some place that, you know, like Mogadishu or Fallujah or maybe Kiev. Go operate out there where uh, where you guys have so much influence. Gutierrez got out there and convened on the 18th and said, as we gather this weekend, the goals are in trouble. <laughs> this was just like in that uh, Batman Returns movie when, uh, you know, Danny DeVito, he's playing the penguin. Oswald Cobblepot, he comes in there and says, my plans are being, you know, we got a plan to wreak havoc on the innocent uh, citizens of Gotham City, but they're being stifled. And so, you know, if life imitates art, well, Gutierrez and an entourage of fellow globalists descended on New York City to devise a plan because the old one doesn't seem to be working out as well as they wanted it to. The two-day event comes at the midpoint of the Agenda 2030 scheme. Now, remember, we talk about the C40 cities and everything that are all supposed to, supposed to happen by 2030. 2030 seems to be the date that everybody wanted to set up on to where they said, this is where we're going to be. And the 2030 scheme officially began on January 1st, 2016. So, you know, it's about halfway through this. But... They posted, and this is them getting out there and saying this ain't going to happen. The agenda is a promise, not a guarantee. At the halftime mark, the promise is in deep peril. For the first time in decades, development progress is reversing. Well, that's because green energy isn't. Green energy is not a thing yet. And it doesn't matter what you want until it's a thing, until it's a real viable solution it's just not going to happen. Gutierrez, he said, today only 50% of the targets are on track with minis going into reverse and issued a call for a global rescue plan to pull it back from the brink of uncertainty. Prior to that, he sat down for an interview with Mita Hosseli, the deputy director of UN News. And she opened up with this, this stunner. We're speaking here on the cusp of the 78th General Assembly session where a record number of world leaders are expected, but from the P5, only one head of state. What does it say about the UN as a center of diplomacy at a time when there are crises on so many fronts? Well, it basically says that they're nothing. 
That's what it says. The P5 refers to the permanent five nations to hold permanent seats on the Security Council established by the Charter in 1945. The UN, as a center of diplomacy, doesn't exist. That's not a thing. It's like green energy. It's not a thing. Uh, in order to have diplomacy, you have to have the specter over your shoulder of destruction. You got to be able to roll in there and say, we'd like to talk to you. And then the other part of that sentence, and if you don't, well, there we're going to tear you down and blow you up and all this other stuff. The singular head of stake at, at this particular thing is the gaftastic Joe Biden. And, you know, you can get soft-serve ice cream anywhere. You don't have to go to New York to the U.N. to get it. So why would you go there? So are the rest of the world leaders even heads of state? Are they just bureaucratic figureheads? Or like Jamie Dimon, they run a company. Now, Gutierrez responded to her in agitation. Saying, he said, first of all, the summit is not a vanity fair. But that's exactly what the UN summit is. This is where a bunch of people get out there and claim to be, you know, we as world leaders and people of this and, and responsible for that, we have to set the example. We have to show and lead the way. Well, when you are a purported leader and you don't have followers, as one of my sergeants in Kotterbach told me, that's pretty messed up. It is a vanity fair. This is where they get to preen and say to themselves, we're doing something that's really important when they're not. And they went to New York on their own dime to pretend that they're legitimate policymakers and political, political dignitaries. They're not. And, you know, if Joe Biden's the only one showing up there, I mean, Joe Biden's a dumpster. He's a dumpster fire. And in, in my mind, he's illegitimate. He's illegitimately filling the role of head of state. So uh, right now, according to Gutierrez, who would know, it's not moving in the right direction. And that's because Europe had got out there and they just had a very cold winter and uh, they're facing another winter coming up. And uh, guess what? Look to see the coal-fired generators come back. Look to see nuclear power come back. And uh, look to see these guys... Fall, they're going to be like COVID. They're just going to fade away. That's my hope. If not, we might have to find a little more kinetic solution. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. I'll be talking to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 